Cole, this is Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by a co-worker of mine here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports and a contributor to our site, Logan Glasser. Logan and I are going to help you get ready for your Week 15 games. Yes, you're in the playoffs. We're going to go over all of the topics for all of you still playing your fantasy leagues at this point of the season, so we're going to help you get ready and win your Week 15 playoff games. Before I get to that, though, I did want to mention that we are running another super shootout contest here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com and sign up for our super shootout contest. It's very popular. It's a one-day contest that's three NFL games. You pick your lineup from those three games. We pay back 100% of what we take in. It costs just 10 bucks to get in. It's limited to the first 500 people 100% payback. It's a great contest to get in. You ask for it every week. We're running it this week. So sign up today for the Super Shootout Contest at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com and click on the Money Games link at the top of the page. And then you can sign up for the Super Shootout Contest at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And now, here's my interview with Logan Glasser of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Logan Glasser of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Logan's been on the podcast before, and he's going to join me this week to help you get ready for week 15 of the fantasy season. Logan, thanks so much for joining me once again. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. I'm excited. we got week 15 here. Playoffs are starting in all the leagues, and look forward to answering some of the questions about it this week. Yep, we're going to help you get ready uh, for week 15. Like Logan said, it is playoff time. Some of you started your playoffs last week. Everyone's starting them this week if you didn't start them last week. So we're going to help you get ready. We're just going to go over some topics, the most pressing topics of the day, talk about some players as well that owners have been having questions about. So we're going to jump right in and do that right now. So my first question to you, Logan, is not not about a player, but just in general, how do you go about setting your lineup for the playoffs in the postseason? Do you do anything different than the regular season, or is it, you know, status quo for you? How do you approach it? Sure, the main part I do status quo, but there are some differences based on playoff lineup. I like to stream based on matchups for the weeks. So I look at this week's matchup and also the next week's matchup. So then if you do win, you're already already set for the championship week or week 16. So an interesting one that I'm considering this week is dropping Bears defense as they face Green Bay this week and Chiefs the next week. So that's the Bears are a popular defense, and I normally would keep them on my roster throughout the season. But since we only have two weeks left and it's playoff time, and they don't have two good matchups, that's one change I would do if I had them on my team. Yeah, definitely, you you definitely can make some changes this time of year. You normally wouldn't make during the regular season. You got to get the right players in your lineup. Uh, I like that, Logan. For me, you know, if I have an iffy team, I'm going to make tougher decisions and make some go big uh, plays for the, for the coming weeks. So if my team's not great, I kind of limp into the playoffs. I might take some chances on some guys with some great matchups that I normally wouldn't start uh, over maybe some bigger-name players that haven't performed up to expectations. So I, I'm going to take some chances in the playoffs, especially if my team's not great. But if I had a great team and I'm doing well and things have gone along, well, maybe I led the league in scoring, things have been great for me. I have Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I'm just going to stick with what I had, what got me there, and kind of go with the status quo. So I know it's kind of a double answer I gave there, but 
you know, if my team's not great, I'm going to make some tough decisions and maybe make take some chances I normally wouldn't take just because you got to – sometimes you got to uh, match that's not great for you, so you're going to have to take some chances and come out on the winning things, and you're going to have to, you know, maybe play somebody that you wouldn't think you'd play earlier in the season. So next question, Logan. So how about some big-name players this week that you're worried about? Any players that you think could be a disappointment in Week 15? Yeah, I'm concerned about Aaron Rodgers. He's coming into this week ranked eighth overall as quarterback, but he's only had several games over the course of the year against, or that he scored over 20 points. So he scored over 20 points against the Giants defense, the Chiefs, Raiders, and Eagles. And that's it. So besides those weak defenses, he hasn't done that well as they have been mainly running the ball with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And this week he's facing the Bears defense, which I had them in one of my drops, but it's just not a good matchup for either side of the ball as the Bears are facing a good Rodgers offense, but then they're facing a good defense. So it's a neutral game, and I'm not liking Aaron Rodgers this week. Yeah, I definitely could see that being a low-scoring game. I agree with the Rodgers. has actually been a fantasy disappointment in the playoffs the last couple of years, so you think that trend's going to continue, and I wouldn't be surprised either. A guy I don't like this week who's played well this year is Mark Ingram. I know the matchup is good. It looks good on paper with the Jets, so I think he could find the end zone maybe once, maybe twice, but I don't think his rushing totals will be good. Uh, he has less than 60 rushing yards, four or five games. Jets are second overall against the run. They can't stop the pass. They do well against the rush, so they've allowed fewer than 70 rushing yards five of six games. So I know Ingram might be able to find the end zone, but I would just temper my expectations with him. I think he could have a really disappointing game if he doesn't find the end zone uh, especially. So that's one player I'm worried about in this first week of the playoffs. Next question, lots of injuries at the receiver spot last week. A lot of guys went down, Mike Evans, Marvin Jones, some big-name players. So who's your favorite wide receiver fill-in in week 15? Any Anybody that you really, you know, have some good faith in for uh, this week 15 as a fill-in for some of those injured players? Yeah, so my favorite pick for wide receiver this week off of waivers would be A.J. Brown. So A.J. Brown's getting like five or six targets a game, but he's very touchdown heavily required. This is the highest over-under game on the slate as they're facing the Texans and the over-under is 52. So I expect a lot of touchdowns to be scored this week. And he's the main wide receiver to go towards for Tennessee to get touchdowns. I also like Zach Pascal and Darius Slayton as wide receiver pickups. As Pascal is kind of emerging as the number one wide receiver in Indiana. And he's getting, he got 19 targets in the last two weeks, which for a PPR league, you need, you kind of need that. And then I kind of like Higby as well. He's not a wide receiver, but Gerald Everett banged up. Higby's gotten over 200 yards in the last two games combined, and he's finding the end zone as well with the Rams' offense. Yeah, I like Higby, too. I definitely don't think that's a fluke with him. The Rams are going with that run-heavy approach. They use that play action a lot, and it's, it's, uh, it kind of lends itself to passing to the tight end when they do that play action. Higby's been a direct benefit benefactor of that, and he's played really well. I like that call. I really like Brashard Perryman this week. That's my uh, top fill-in. Uh, he moves into the starting lineup with Mike Evans hurt. He has 70 or more yards, two straight games. That was even with Evans on the field, so he was already becoming a little bit of, bigger factor in that lineup. We know the Bucks are pass-first offense. Uh, they can't run the ball at all, and I think they'll especially be pass-first this week against the Lions. They allow the ninth most fantasy points to receivers, so 
Uh, I think it's a great matchup for Perryman. I think Darius Slay is likely to cover Chris Godwin as well. That's their shutdown corner. So it's going to need good matchups for Perryman too. So I think Perryman's going to be a good good plug and uh, fill in play for any anybody looking to get some help for their injured receiver spot. Next question, uh, Logan, for you. Josh Allen. So he's trying to come back on earth. Uh, last week, he had just one touchdown in the game. Uh, he has another tough matchup this week against the Steelers. Do you feel comfortable using him, or would you consider playing somebody like a lesser-known player like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Gardner Minshew? Uh, how, how do you feel about Josh Allen? Yeah, I'm going to be fading Josh Allen this week. So I actually read an interesting stat about Josh Allen. He has not thrown for over 300 yards in an NFL game in his career, which is very surprising to me. But I think he's going to be going at Pittsburgh, and they can contain quarterbacks very well. That We got an over-under of 36, which is one of the lowest on the season for all games. So I expect the Steelers to contain Josh Allen in the pocket and don't see him throwing over 250 yards this week. Yeah, I'm not huge on Allen this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he rebounds zone, maybe finds the end zone twice. I think the thing that uh, helps him is his rushing totals. That's what saves him. Like you said, he's never had a 300-yard passing game. But when he runs the ball like he does and produces on the ground, he still helps fantasy teams. So I wouldn't completely give up on him. I probably think he has a lower, uh, a higher floor than somebody like Patrick or Minshew, but those guys might have a higher ceiling. So if you want to play it safe, I'd go with Allen. If you want to take a chance, I would consider Fitzpatrick or Minshew. All right, next question. Uh, Sticking with Buffalo, what receiver do you feel comfortable with using in Buffalo these days? You you go with Cole Beasley or John Brown if you had to pick between the two? Yeah, so if I had to pick between the two, I would go Cole Beasley. He has a touchdown in three straight games, where Brown only has eight receptions in those games. I'm not a huge fan of either play going up against the Steelers, but if I had to choose between one of them, I would go with Cole Beasley as he's more reliable on getting in the end zone. And he likes – Josh Allen likes those little dump-off passes to Beasley for the line of scrimmage, just get five or ten yards here and there, and then find them in the end zone when they're in the red zone. Yeah, again, I kind of feel like this is the similar to the last answer for me. I think Beasley has a higher floor, so he's going to get the catches and some yards. But I think Browns uh, has a higher ceiling. He's going to be capable of the bigger games. So in the playoffs, I actually might lean him. I think Beasley's probably the safe play. But for the playoffs, if you're going to pick uh, somebody of the two, I think Brown is more capable of that huge game. So I might actually lean his way. It's a tough call, though. All right, next topic. Similar situation, San Francisco uh, with a host of players competing with each other for carries. Uh, Raheem Mostert is the lead back right now, it looks like, for San Francisco. Do you have faith in him in that role, or do you think Brita and Tevin Coleman are going to eat into his work? Yeah, I, I think Mostert's a clear runner for 49ers backfield, but overall they're splitting so many carries between the three of them. Last week, they ran the ball 24 times with the leading monster only had 10 carries. Brita had six and Coleman had three. So between the three of them, it's just not enough volume, I feel like, to be playing one of them in the fantasy leagues. Maybe have a low flex appeal with them, but with those three splitting all the carries and you don't have a clear running back getting over 50% of the carries as all three of them have been splitting. And they don't haven't been really getting much receptions out of the backfield either. Last week, all three combined for a total of two receptions last week against the Saints. So they did put up 48 points in that game. 
Yeah, it is a scary situation. I, I kind of like Mostert. I would I would still consider him a decent play. I would just avoid the other two at this time. I mean, he has double-digit carries, two straight games, touchdowns, three straight games. So he's been pretty consistent at least, and I think this could be a game San Francisco scores a lot of points against the Falcons. So I still like Mostert in this matchup, and I think he's a solid play. But the other two, I would just, I would just steer clear from him right now, like you said, just all three of them splitting work, and those guys aren't getting as many chances as Mostert. And like you said as well, they're not catching the ball, which really hurts their fantasy value uh, also. All right, next question. Philadelphia, Boston Scott or Miles Sanders? Which back do you like? Great matchup with the Redskins. So obviously this looks like one maybe to target for fantasy teams. Are you rolling Scott? He's coming off that huge game last week. Or do you think Miles Sanders is the way to go? I like both of them in matchups this week, but if I had to choose one, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders to control the backfield again. I think Boston Scott has a very good potential in this game, but I think uh, Sanders has the higher ceiling, and I expect Sanders to get the back or receive most of the carries this week. But Boston Scott hasn't had a full backfield experience with Sanders back there. As last game on Monday Night Football, we saw Boston Scott control the backfield once Sanders got hurt. But when Sanders comes back next week, I expect Sanders to control that. But with the Eagles, they have so many injuries at wide receivers. I would not – I can see Boston Scott getting some dump-off passes to make up for those receptions that they're lacking. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely could see Scott getting some work in the passing game. But like you said, I just trust Sanders more at this point. Scott just isn't the prototypical – uh, every down back. He's more of a change of pace guy or pass catching back. So I still think Sanders garners the most work. He had double digit carries five straight games, multiple receptions, all the two games as well. So I'm not jumping ship on Sanders for Scott just yet. I still think Sanders is back to use. All right, Robbie Anderson, he's been red hot for the Jets lately. He gets a Ravens week. Tough matchup. Do you feel comfortable rolling with him or are you going to avoid in this matchup? I would have to see who else is on my roster. I feel like Robbie Anderson is a boomer bust type of guy. I would preferably rather have like an A.J. Brown or pick him off off a free agent or a Zach Pascal. But Robbie Anderson has that boomer bust potential. So we kind of saw this last year with Robbie Anderson. He was like a ghost throughout the entire regular season. But then once weeks 14 through 16 come, he just explodes for touchdowns and yards and He's getting all of that, but he's going up against a tough Ravens defense this week, and I kind of like the other streaming free agents this week for wide receivers, but if you have no other option, I'm fine with rolling out Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I'm definitely worried about Anderson this week. Like you said, I would probably go with one of those streamers, like Rashad Perryman. I would play him over Anderson. Uh, I like Anderson uh, with the way he's played the last few weeks, but the last three matchups, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins three of the worst pass defenses in football. So I would not expect him to go off in this one, especially with Sam Darnold as his QB going against the Ravens on the road. Uh, Ravens allowed just 219 passing yards per game. So I think Anderson's going to come back down to earth in this one. And I would, I would look for other options personally. Another player that's on the flip side of Anderson is Tyler Lockett. He's a guy that's been off the last few games. He has a good matchup this week and he's supposed to be healthy. So what are your feelings on Lockett? I mean, he was a huge player earlier in the year, carrying fantasy teams and wins with his consistent production, but he's really gone by the wayside the last few weeks. Are you playing him, or are you going to put him on yeah, your back? Yeah, I'm playing Lockett this week. I think I've, I've got faith 
that he can get back to his form that he was. And Pete Carroll says he's back and he's healthy. But before his last four games, he only had one game this year below 12 points, including he scored 40 points in week nine. He's been in double digits all up until week 10. But just the last four weeks, he's not received those targets because he has been dealing with some injuries, but Pete Carroll says he's back and healthy. And I expect Russell Wilson to target him early in this game to try to regain that connection with him and establish faith before they go into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Lockett has a really high ceiling, so I'm I'm rolling with him uh, this week. I think he'll do well. And like you said, Pete Carroll declared him 100% healthy. He's back to health. Chin injury was bothering him the last few weeks, slowed him down. He gets the Panthers, allow the 10th most fantasy points to receivers, 27 points per game. So I think this is a good matchup for the Seahawks to score some points, especially the passing game. And I would I would put Lockett in my lineup, uh, like I mentioned, just a really high ceiling, capable of that huge game. So it's hard for me to leave, leave him on my bench. All right, Logan, I think we covered it all. A lot of topics there went over, gave our thoughts on a lot of players, a lot of iffy players that people might be on the fence about using. Hopefully it's clears things up for our listeners out there. And uh, I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast once again. I really appreciate it. For having me on, Jeff. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully all these plays come true for all these listeners and they do well in their playoffs. And that was my interview with Logan Glasser of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Logan for joining me on the podcast this week and helping you get ready for all of your Week 15 fantasy games. I want to wish you lots of luck in those Week 15 games. Very important playoff games and I hope you're victorious and you're playing for a championship next week. This has been Jeff Power for Real Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day everyone.